Welcome to the final Notre Dame HLS recap themed edition. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me MD Texan. As always, you can catch us live over here on twitch.tv slash for little sons. But make sure you subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure to join the HLS community over in Discord at herlittlesons.com slash Discord. Of course, you can always find us at our home at herlittlesons.com. And with that, Time to bring in Shane. Shane, well, uh, that all happened, huh? Yeah, it did. Uh, I should say, we should be clear, this isn't the final, final Notre recap. Dame-themed I mean, version. Final like Notre Dame-themed Post-game-ish one. type thing. That's important. Because we'll be back for the national championship. But yeah, it just this is the last time we get to feel feelings. It is the second time in a row those feelings aren't so great. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah that, that's what it is at the tail end. You had a week off of the feeling and then you got it right back once again. You, you, you got it right back. Although I got to say, like, there, this one didn't feel as bad as the Clemson one did. I mean, yeah. even and and now in retrospect, that one kind of feels a little bit better because of the series having been split for the season. So it's almost like, you know, in terms of aching and the, the, the soreness that the season will leave on you when you when it ends this way for another name team. I feel like this has been the most uh, palatable one so far. If it weren't for the fact that we would force those guys to quarantine once again to do another game, I'd say, fuck it. Let's go have a rematch for third place. But I know what I'm actually <laughs> asking for, and I ain't going to do that. It, it would just be kind nah. of a funny thing. So, yeah, uh, obviously, we're, we're going to have to recap what happened with Notre Dame and Alabama. Uh, right now, the Orange Bowl is going on, and a, a very interesting thing is happening to all the Aggie fans that were saying they needed to be the playoff contenders because uh, yeah. against a team that has lost their top three playmakers, from opt-outs, they have given up more points than Notre Dame did in the entire game <laughs> and are yes, currently trailing 20 to 17. So uh, if you hear Yikes. me laugh and react, I know I'm an Aggie fan, but I, I am full petty right now. So <laughs> I'm coming in full petty. I got a big old beam and coke right next to me. I'm, I'm ready to, to let loose on this adventure. But we have big news. We have yes. huge news in the college football uh, realm. Uh, before we touch that, just to let y'all know, um, we know Kurt Heinisch is coming back for Notre Dame, which is great. That's it's awesome. Fact. That yep. uh, answers Confirmed. immediate questions about the interior of the defensive line. Uh, Jafar Armstrong has announced he's going to grad transfer, which honestly, he's he's not going to have much room in the offense right now. One interesting thing to note is that uh in his statement that he posted on Twitter, uh, he listed himself as a wide receiver, which is what he was initially recruited as uh, for Notre Dame, if I remember correctly. And it looks like mm-hmm. that's what he wants to try to do again for his pro prospects. So, uh, hey, uh, hat tip for him. That's all good. Uh, there, yeah. there really wasn't a spot for him. So happy trails to you, man. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, just look at number one, number two. Like, if you're not one of those two numbers on the depth chart, it's time to move on if you can. I mean... It, it, at this stage in his career. Plus, he gets the mulligan. He gets the free year. So, I mean, the p- more power to him. Yeah, Do it. And that's going to be an interesting thing to follow for the college football in 2021 is going to be interesting because of the mulligan year. Uh, yeah. y- you have a whole cycle that gets to get hit on pause for a lot of teams. Going to be very, very interesting. Uh, well, the chat's already getting spicy. I can't wait to start talking <laughs> about the game. It's it's going to really explode. I'm, I'm ready for it. But anyway, uh, the other big news is uh, no doubt can't miss hire Tom Herman got his ass canned by <laughs> the University of Texas after getting Yo. a Gatorade bath and beating Colorado in a bowl game. <laughs> and they did it. This was like, okay, they have to have Urban Meyer on the hook because why else would you do this? And then it got announced they decided to take Steve Sarkeesian, current offensive coordinator of Bama. And if you remember, kind of drove SC into the ground, mostly because of his own personal demons. And you're going to go into a bigger pressure cooker on your own. And I I Mm. hope he slayed his demons for his own personal health. But Ooh, this seems like a terrible fit and a really bad idea from everybody all around over in uh, 40 acres. Yeah, look, man, I'm not one to, you know, 
uh, I think like throw out conspiracy theories or wild speculations, but like I also know that I mean our audience isn't that massive, so I'll go ahead and say some weird shit because doesn't this feel weird? It feels as though Texas was trying to get ahead of something that's about to come out about Tom Herman or something. It was that it was a pattern of firing that didn't really add up. You know what I'm saying? Like just looking at it on its face, like they 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 had a relatively successful season, not great by all by any stretch, but you know, considering the the landscape of the Big 12, you know, it, they could have had a better situation than Iowa State, but they didn't. It, it, it was not a Charlie Strong spiral down the toilet. I mean, it was just a wow, this is Tom Herman kind of year, but not nothing intensely horrible. Yet they go on to win their bowl game. And and just three weeks after a vote of confidence that's publicly stated, never get a vote of confidence. He, never get one. Never that he's get one. Getting that he's going to stay. <laughs> like, like after that, after all the trouble of going through that public gesture, they still turn around and really, really quickly, like back to as in eight minutes separated the headlines. They were like, "Well, we, Tom Homer's fired. Oh yeah, we hired Tom Homer. Uh, Ask no questions about it. We're not giving any comments. Goodbye. And the guy like, that broke it was Chip Brown, who has his head up the entire ass of that athletic department. Right. Uh, and so, he smell, so we, yeah, he smells like Longhorn <laughs> shit. So it's just like, I'm... Which is fine. I, I mean, it just he, feels he, weird. It feels it, it weird, man. It was extremely man. weird. And when it happened, Tom Herman blacked out his Twitter page. Like, completely. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I don't blame him. I'd be pissed too, because obviously his players are still on board and you know it wasn't great but i mean this was a weird ass pandemic year but man austin is is run by some big money boosters but speaking of that it is very interesting that they did pull this off because shane do you happen to know how much this little move is going to cost the university of texas athletic department before you (sighs) even get into whatever sark's gonna get paid okay i'm gonna I think I have an educated guess, but my educated guess is roughly like thirty-five million dollars. You're you're actually ten million over. It's going to be twenty-five okay. million. Uh, Fifteen of that, if I remember off the top of my head, is for Tom Herman himself. Ten million go. is going to be for the rest of it. Yeah, Andy Gal saying twenty-four. It's in between the two numbers, so everybody's been rounding it up to twenty-five million. So that's what it's going to cost to tell everybody to go to say bye-bye. Now it's very interesting that the boosters ponied up that cash because here's what Chris Del Conte said as this pandemic started mm-hmm. that he, because of the, the, the unprecedented times that we are in, mm-hmm. got to make some cutbacks, these cutbacks, Shane, before I, I'm going to list off what they are. And then we're going to, we're going to have a little bit more fun. Uh, 26 contracted coaches and administrators took a pay cut uh, all oh, the wow. way through August of next year. And 273 staff members are going to take additional salary reductions. 11 staff members will be furloughed with benefits. That, again, will last until uh, August 31st. 35 staff members were laid off. 35 vacant positions are permanently eliminated. So there's that and your general, we're going to, you know, cut back and be careful about what we spend. How much do you think the athletic department uh, saved in that little belt tightening manner? Uh, I mean, probably north of $100 million. $13.1 million. <laughs> the University of Texas is about to pony up twice as much as they said, we got to we got to hunker down and not wow. spend because of this pandemic. They're going to spend twice as much to tell Harmon and everybody else to go fuck off somewhere else. And then Yikes. in addition to that, let's go over to the academic side of oh, things. Boy. They d- refused to release the layoff totals back when this happened, um, but they targeted a twenty eight million dollar budget cut. So we're talking about just a few million more than the boosters kicked in. To, to make sure Tom Herman went bye-bye. So that alone, they would not release layoff totals, but they furloughed more than 260 employees. God damn. And if this isn't a mirror for just how fucked up things are on the whole, I know we're getting political podcasts here, but not really, man. This is the sport. Along the line, this, this bubble's got to burst. This has to do it, right? 
I, yeah. th- there's so many of these different things going on where we understand football's king and money gets thrown around in there. But when you, when you do things within the same damn near calendar year now, yeah, you waited for the calendar to flip over, but the fuck are you doing? You said you couldn't find the money. Bullshit. You found it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's so quickly turned up. It was just so immediately available. You're telling me that nowhere else did it exist. Is it really not just the matter of what you're using it for? That's really it, right? If the bank account's empty, it's because it doesn't have a good enough reason to have cash in it. Exactly. Isn't that right? And, and, that, that's, and that's basically what it, what it boils down to. But I mean, this is a guy that had a decisive bowl win. And he had, the season wasn't what anybody wanted. He was on the hot seat. But you would think with everything going into it, that this would just be such bad optics to do it. And then you're doing it for Sark, man. I, I guess when you have the chance yeah. to take the guy that helped tank Southern Cal into something yeah. they're still reeling from, I guess you got to do it, right? I I don't really understand what, like, for I also don't really understand the, the reception to the news uh, because I, I think... Everyone, oh, not everyone, but a, a larger majority of the people who had something to say about it on Twitter tried to pull the, you know, I, I, I'm uh, mad respect for how far Sark has come. And, you know, the, 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 the saving coaching tree strikes again. And I'm sitting here like, so just like anybody who ever sniffs Saban's fart is part of his coaching tree now. I mean, because Sarkeesian was a coach, a full blown college football coach at every ran, level ran the before program. that. Two different Before, programs. Yes. He, yeah. He's so he's not a coaching a Saban disciple. He's he's a fucking dude that crashed on his couch for seven fucking years. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not the same principle just because he was his offensive coordinator. It just you can look as as very, as very shortly uh, across the table at fucking uh, Lane Kiffin to see the, really what the weight of being Alabama's offensive coordinator means when ultimately it's just about a personality fit. It's just about who you are. Right. I think. It's strange how everyone was very, I don't know, like proud to be to jump in on and say, like, I'm so happy for Steve Sarkeesian. And this move is yet another fucking reflection of the amazing power of Steve Sa- uh, Nick Saban, man. I'm just sitting here like, isn't it just that, I don't know, a program like Texas was more concerned about making people with money happy and just found the easiest answer that was on that was on the table that pissed the least people off. That, that That's really it. We're, we, we sh- I don't feel the need to give uh texas like all the fucking credit in the world for picking this guy and like giving him a chance at redemption that's not what this is about at all yeah uh isn't saban doesn't it feel like he's running the best grift in all of college football right now because everybody is just tripping over themselves to keep hiring everybody associated with them right and then and then you go look what's the record of all these fools if they actually get the chance to go up against saban he beats them all they do every not single beat one him yeah, you, you you keep feeding into a cycle of, hey, let's let's just keep feeding in and and let's take these guys that are close to Saban, but are they're Saban adjacent, but they're never yeah. Nick Saban. And then you keep getting the same results and everybody seems to well, not everybody, obviously. There's only so many Saban quote unquote disciples you can hire, but anybody that's gone down this path, they've gotten the same results. I don't know what right. makes you think Sark's gonna be any different. And hey, if he breaks the mold and he has slayed all his demons, good for him. But you know, just look at the coaching records in general of people against Nick Saban. That's what I'm saying. And, and we're going to get to that uh, a little bit later. But that was a point somebody uh, I, I had made to somebody. It's like, look, go go find me the coach that's got a winning record against Saban. I'll wait and, and toss Dabo in there, too, because it's it, that's that's the point where college football as a whole is at right now. So good luck, Texas. Good luck with that. Very, very much good luck. Uh, yeah, Texas is is just it's is bad. I mean, they're the back is just gone. They're bad. I don't know what they're doing, but okay. Yeah. So uh, now let's let's get to the blowout that we we all need to talk about. We we absolutely need to address. Yeah, it's important. Uh, it's important because it, it was it was not entertaining at all. It was an embarrassment. <sighs> it made you wonder if if this team really belonged in there. And of course, get it out, you know, yeah, of course, I'm talking about Ohio State, you know, taking Clemson behind the fucking woodshed 49 to 28. That's right. Where did that come from? Holy That's right. shit. That's right. You know, um, it was it was this morning, uh, a podcast uh, over on The Athletic made it made its uh, 
characterize it as uh, Notre Dame being dominated and uh, Clemson having been shocked uh, by Ohio State. My dude, it, it was, you know, it was on the scoreboard, interesting for three quarters, but there was one quarter where it was not even fucking <laughs> close. And that's all it took. Okay, because in that quarter, Ohio State outscored Clemson 21 to nothing. And then basically the end of the, the rest of the game was an even split. But that it it was nothing resembling a shocker. It was a straight up, a up and down ass whooping consistently. Yeah, well, once the band-aid got ripped off and you're like, oh, okay, it's gonna be one of those, right? And, and like you you very much knew what was going to happen, and then uh, when uh, Skalski, oh man, my heart broke to see him get kicked out of the game. But once that happened, you're like, yeah, you're fucked now. You're super <laughs> fuck fucked. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, and I know that they didn't have their offensive coordinator uh, in there because of COVID, uh, but you got to have somebody on the sidelines and say, maybe let's not run Trevor Lawrence in the fucking fourth quarter. Like, yeah, man. At least have him pass, bring in an extra blocker. Like everything was just bad. Like outright. Shit the bed, drop your pants. The blowout crew strikes again, man. Herbie and Fowler, they're they're the death. They're going to be calling the national championship game. It's going to be just a steamrolling. Somebody's going to get blown out. I mean, it's just it's fucking crazy right now to that. That's happened all season long. But, you know, I also there's two funny things is that a a player named Sermon takes out church going Dabo that that had some (laughs) hilarity in it. The other hilarity is Dabo's well known for playing the disrespect card, right? And, and all his sure. players buy into it and whatever, whatever he tells them, they're full in. It's great motivation, you know, whatever. But it's hilarious mm-hmm. that Dabo got fucked by that exact same thing. He decided to rank a team 11th. And I didn't get a chance to listen to much of post game pressers or anything. So I honestly don't know what Dabo said, although I'm sure he was asked. Um, but I know when Justin Fields was asked, like, no, nah, not even going to comment on that because, yeah, you just proved it on the field. We ain't the 11 best team in the nation. We're going to go play for the title. Fuck that shit. There was someone on Ohio State's team who tweeted uh, <laughs> in response to this and said, so what does that mean? They're like the number 14th ranked team now? What does this mean? How does this work? Like, it's true. Like, it, it they, you know, Davo has, I think we can all agree, uh, has not uh, made himself much, any any more likable since he's achieved the success that he's achieved. He he doesn't have the steely, Belichickian, you know, even Saban energy to keep his shit together and consistently dominate in a way that makes you say, like, what the fuck is this guy's deal and why doesn't he, you know, why can't he break? Why can't I get through to him? Dabo has instead, you know, decided to walk up and down the halls with his dick out about the fact that they're, you know... <laughs> You know what I mean? That's the approach he's decided to take. So it's just, it's so wonderful to see him step on his own dick, you know, like uh, while he's sitting there swinging it. It's like, because that's essentially, he picked a fight with the wrong fucking bear. I mean, yeah, yeah, they were, uh, uh, they were a little bit sleepy, but that motherfucker ate and that you, you caught him at the wrong time. You know, uh, Ohio State use that whole it was just it's too easy it's too fucking easy in the era of social media to take a, a small comment like that and you have to imagine that the the digital uh, the, the the film and digital media crew over uh, at Ohio State had an edit had a cut up together just like playing that ship on a loop you know with memes all over it like zoom in effects plays on repeat over and over again they probably practiced to the sound of that video for 30 straight minutes like you know, it's just too easy to feed into. And uh, yeah, it's just it's glorious to watch Dabo eat shit. It is. It was great. And watching the national media turn on him has, has been awesome because. Oh, yeah. We've been on the other side of that that, that fence for a while. It's like, oh, come on over here, y'all. Look, the, the, the door's been open. You know, we, we've been trying to wave you over here. And you told us we were just it was all sour grapes. No, no, he's really a douche. You're like, you should have come over here a mm-hmm. long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. It was. Yeah, uh, I mean. He deserved every last bit of that. He has been such a sanctimonious fucking prick like yeah. ever since he he won. And, and, and here's the other thing. Like we said, like, I mean, th- th- those three teams right now, Alabama, Clemson and Ohio State are trading blows. And more often than not, it's Alabama that is is 
on top. I mean, that's been the state mm-hmm. of college football for a while, even yep. you know before Ryan Day when Urban Meyer was over in Ohio State. I mean, th- that's what things were. That that was the landscape of college football. That's where the massive amount. If you go take a look at every single recruiting ranking, the blue chip five star players are all over on those three schools and everybody else is trying to grab a scrap here or there. Unless you're Georgia, then you get to collect them and you do fucking nothing with them. Good job, Kirby right. Smart. Uh, again, Saban Disciple. That that knockout home run hire did a great job. Always as well. works, huh? More of the same. <laughs> hmm, fucking weird. Uh, but that's where things are. And that really transitions us into Notre Dame, Alabama. 31 to 14. We're going to have <clears throat> some disclaimers here because I have a feeling as we get going into this, uh, some misinterpretations will be had. So let's get some okay. facts clear. Okay. The loss was a loss is a loss. There's no moral victories uh, about the game itself. Uh, you know, we're sure. going to talk a lot about big picture stuff uh, because that's what happens anytime there's a loss. It, it always goes to big picture. Well, where are we? Is it the ceiling or everything? So we're going to talk about some of those things and those topics. Unfortunately, when you tend to do those and you, and you take a, a look at them realistically, and if something happens to be positive, it's like you're excusing the loss. We're not going to excuse mm-hmm. the loss. Um, in fact, we'll talk about a few different things if where it's not there. Um, here's the other thing we have to kind of keep in mind a- as well. You are facing a team that had multiple Heisman finalists yeah. <laughs> on the other side. Like, there's a talent yeah. gap, y'all. Like, it's fine. And you got to understand that. There's a reason I said that those three teams are trading blows. Like mm-hmm. it, until, And we're getting more five stars on a fairly consistent basis now. It's not yeah. to the level of Alabama. It's not, ta- it's not at the level of uh, Clemson or Ohio State. But it is, it is getting there. And uh, some of the people that Andy Galler is listing in chat, Kyron Carell, Wu, not five-star recruits. A lot's nope. been squeezed out of a mayor, although she just listed that. That's a five-star. And yeah. that's why that freshman was out there playing like a that's fucking five-star. Yeah. And um, I mean, they're, they're a very good team. And uh, the thing, at least, Shane, you know, we were talking pre-show. We're like, well, it wasn't as bad as, you know, the debacle in the 2012 season slash 2013 game. Which is true. You knew there was such a huge talent disparity that I mean, it was you knew it wasn't going to be close once it was once it was rolling. Um, this one was different, uh, and it it was because you know for me at least, Shane, it was two different things. Uh, one, the defense did about all they could, and you know they held Bama to their lowest point total. I think any pregame, myself included, of hey, if Notre Dame's going to win this, they got to score. I think mm-hmm. need to score points. They mm-hmm. have to. That's the only way they're going to do it. Uh, Bama's going to get theirs. They got theirs, and they only got 31 points. You know, when yeah. all was said and done, yeah, they they did lighten up, but they've lightened up on everybody in the second half. And usually at that time, they already got 40, 50 points half the time. So, look, the defense, I think, did their job. For me, though, the offense had the hair-pulling moments, and that's really where it came to yes. roost, where you could tell that that's where the talent disparity is. We still, and I find this ironic. Everybody's been saying for years, we got to run the ball. If we get that good rushing offense, you know, it's going to fix everything. You know, 1988, Lou Holtz, run it down their throat. That's what this team needs. Well, this team got it. We rushed for the same amount of yards as Alabama, you know, just one less. That wasn't the problem in this game. We could run on them. It came down to we didn't have the horses on the perimeter. Yep. Ian Book is doing what he can, but it is Ah. it it still wasn't elite enough. He still missed some long throws or or, or reads out deep. He didn't chuck it long. He didn't trust his receivers, I think, until the third quarter when they actually got there. Uh, So when, when you have all that, you know, in place, it, it sucks. And then not only that, you miss a field goal, which yeah. kind of looked blocked. That was the weirdest kick I've ever seen for door. It, yeah, it, it had to have been because there's no way he dead legged it that badly. You know right. what I mean? Like he's, I didn't see his foot hit the dirt. You know what I mean? It, it had to have just been, you know, slowed in, in, in I, that was terrible. Yeah. And you, you end up losing, uh, you have a, when you, you, you think you're going to have some hope back, defense gets a stop, you get the ball back. Hey, we can bring this into one position. Let, let's see what happens. Let's go, man. Let's go. We're, we're, let's see what we can do. And you throw an interception. 
can't do that. It was a, it was a you, you, book made the right read, but he was so flying all over the place that he actually would have been better off just running because he never got a chance to get set. And if he did, he probably would have been obliterated. So yeah. uh, I remember at least three overthrows. He, uh, I, he must, he had like an overdrive of adrenaline. I could really, that's like my best category, like a characterization because like he, you know, was just so fucking, I mean, shook by the speed on Alabama's defense. He was shook by like the presence of like an, any blitzer on the outside, just because it, he paid for it so often, so early, you know, like after that, it was three seconds of trying to get through one or maybe one and a half members of his progressions before fucking bolting and ending up taking a three yard loss because he scrambled in the wrong direction or just because he tried to do one of those run right and then spin back the other way directly into another defender. Like it was just, he, the, the offense also, like you said, didn't have anyone to threaten outside on the outside. It just wasn't, it wasn't there. I mean, they, uh, the, the broadcast crew made, a point of twice at least pointing out that Avery Davis had been neutralized in the day. It, I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even necessary to neutralize Avery Davis. And he, I he mean, had another bad drop again early in the game too. It's not like Book correct. didn't target the receivers. He did, yeah. and um, you know there there was an, a, a question here. Did he go over thirty yards? I don't think he really had any attempts over thirty, but he did actually have more any. fifteen to twenty, which is what needed to happen. It's not that he's got to uncork it, uh, but he had to get that intermediate a deep passing game like it didn't have to be bombs but he had to stretch the defense and had to be something you know they, they were he was showing the look it just it just didn't work out and you also get a um you get a touchdown wiped out because of a, of a procedure penalty which i didn't quite understand also i had my kids running around like crazy so i'm still not sure what happened and i couldn't really hear because i'm trying to do the weird color cast thing that i'm, I'm i trying don't out. know what the fuck that was about what well, was the pen- i still don't understand from what i gathered and somebody in the chat can correct me if i'm wrong is that one of the tight ends wasn't fully set so when you had the back go out in motion because he was like kind of up and down uh, i and recall bouncing, it was it was chris tyree who went out to the edge in motion, right? Yeah. When he got there, they're saying he did a bouncing. He had a he had a bouncing pose, like almost oh, it was him. Okay. Ex, yeah, almost excitedly ready for the play to snap, and never set fucking still when he got to the edge. It was, it was such a crazy ass pony. Like it- that was. I looked. I looked at my fiance who was who was asking me to under to understand what was happening in the game because she does not really follow the sport. And I basically said to her like, there are moments in the game which you'll you'll come to understand later where you know penalties exist for what they're calling. You know that there is a a a a, a committable foul that results in the call that they are selecting to call. But you can also tell that it's just a judgment call as to whether or not it's really applicable. And somebody is going out of their fucking way to ensure the penalty is called. <laughs> Right on a scoring play, you're gonna feel it. You're gonna think you're crazy and that it's conspiracy theory bullshit. But you're gonna see how often it happens, specifically on scoring plays in important moments, and you're gonna start to suspect what we are all feeling right now. Exactly. And this is bullshit, and it was to wipe out the score. And it was weird, and it's whatever in the grand scheme of things. Look, I'm not gonna sit here and say that changed things. The the point I'm trying to make in this very long example of I just gave you a whole laundry list of things to where it's like damn, we left points on the field. And that's not a good thing. Let's get that clear. That's not a good thing. But all of a sudden, the conversation is, man, I can find these 10, 17 points potentially here against fucking Alabama. And then you look at the final score and you're like, well, fuck. And it's a different feeling. It's like, well, maybe there would have been a shot in there or maybe we're just not able to still keep up in a horse race. And it still ends up like that because Devonta Smith, I mean, that guy, he's going to win the Heisman. If he doesn't, that's fucking highway robbery. That guy is absolutely incredible. And even with the game he had, you're like, hey, there was actually a chance where this could have. It, it should have been closer. Damn it. Yeah. And it's frustrating when, when that right. happens. And it does. And everybody hates to hear it. It's come up in the chat. Some At some point, the players need to fucking do their jobs, man. You yeah, can't man. coach somebody to, hey, you need to stop dropping the ball. Hey, you need to, when you go into motion, run the play right and just don't make it I- any doubt. Or after the penalty, it's like, okay, guys, that sucked. So punch it in. You're right there. And, right, and right. 
Dora's head, man. I I worry about him. He he's got some kind of yips going on right now because he has been so solid. But I mean, I thought he had made the field goal. Now, now I'm worried about that kid. And, and again, that's yes. not something we got a sports psychologist that's there to talk to the kid. Like, what else are you going to do? Like, besides find another kicker, and that's not a route you really want to go down because that shuffles your roster. Now you got to throw out another unknown commodity in there it's that's not an easy decision either but no when you you go and look at the game and you're like okay you, you see where you need help at and this time it wasn't holy crap there's this chasm of talent you see that it's narrowing and, and the problem is at least i feel is that the the process is going far far slower than anybody wants it to and and i get right. that uh, there's a reason I, I entitled this talking about the narrative because that's that's what it is. It's everybody brings that up. And I, I even said in my post that is such bullshit punditry, fan talk, sure, whatever. But that doesn't have anything going on from season to season. Like, I don't I don't give a shit about what happened in the Weiss years in the BCS era. Like, the, really? I, I need to be worried about that shit. I doesn't don't even matter. care about the 2020 uh, 2012 game right now. No. Yes, it sucks. And it's like, oh, we always lose these big games. And then it wipes out anything else that happens throughout the rest of the season. Like the Clemson win, like an OU win on the road that nobody expected, like beating a ranked Stanford team. And then you have people like AM, you know, people like, well, AM should have been in. As I just looked up on screen, they just gave up a huge bomb of a touchdown to North Carolina, a shorthanded yards. one, a team that we fucking waxed. Again, yep. as a top 15 victory that everybody seemed to conveniently forget about. And I get why, because you have the recency bias and the Clemson loss was bad. It sucked. But look, that's 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 the way it is. And right now it has the feel of everybody's going to get sacrificed to the altar of Bama. I think at least the way things are going to go right now uh, and what we saw against Ohio State's uh, with Ohio State's defense. And we've said it this season. They look suspect as hell. So Bama Mm -hmm. will get theirs. Bama looks suspect as hell. So Ohio State's going to get theirs. Have a shootout and team with the better horses is probably going to win. And that's probably Alabama. And yeah. look, there's I mean, that's just the way it is. And it's frustrating. It sucks. Uh, it, it was the first time I've really come into a game fully expecting a loss. And this is the first I've never picked against the Irish on a 20 point spread. And and I did it because and it had nothing to do with the narrative. It was just this. This sucks. I mean, this yeah. is a bad matchup. There's there's nothing I can do about this right now. And, and you know, BK tried and it almost feels it was another moment to where I started getting a sinking feeling like, oh, this is definitely not going to be our night. And it was that punt that mm-hmm. somehow dropped in between everybody. And yeah, you're like, and barely oh missed two def- two Bama players legs like by like a hair. And, and and you're looking at the replay. You're trying to look for <sighs> it. You're like, damn it. It hit nobody. Yeah. And, and, and it wasn't like, you know, we're, we're back in. It, it wasn't deja vu from the last title game where it's like, OK, that was a little fucky call there. No, this this look legit is all get out. It's well, it, it definitely wasn't our 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 night, our day. Mm-hmm. And anything. And yeah, you know, choice axioms that never should have punted. I would have been all for that. I would have been all for fuck it. You're we're, we're keeping the punter on the bench. We're not kicking any field goals. We're going mean, to onside yeah. kick it every time we got an onside kick. And of all people, Devonta Smith was the one that coughed it up, which was mind blowing. Like, yeah, you, you got one on them. It didn't matter at the end because we couldn't convert and score. But um, and, and yeah, things happen in garbage time. But if you want to know. If Alabama was trying, Saban was losing his shit on the sidelines. The starters were all still in. They were <laughs> trying to put the hurt on Notre Dame. Yeah. And and yeah. they did. They did enough. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't this complete. Oh, you know, we got maybe half ass pants. You know, we, we Look, felt that we felt were, them pulling them down and we're trying to hold them up. But our ass is still kind of showing. That's kind of what you, it felt you got like. the kind of pantsing where like the first group of kids in the room that saw it all kind of went, oh, but it was only about like five or six. So like when the second kid, the second wave of kids came to see what was happening, it was basically over. Like there was no it was no more pantsing to see. It was like there were two plays. There were really two plays where I felt like, oh, 
damn, like Alabama just disrespected ND. The one was Devontae Smith's first touchdown catch, which he just swept past Clarence Lewis, no problem. Stoop de doop de doop by touchdown. Just absolute <laughs> right. talent disparity. The second was the time that I know, I mean, Najee Harris hurdled uh Nick Nick uh that it, it, is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Poor McLeod didn't even do anything Nick McLeod wrong. Was <laughs> I mean he turtled. He he not only got hurtled, he fell onto his back and then spun around on his back with his limbs all in the air. Like, what do I even do with these? It was just he. I don't <laughs> it must know. Have he felt like he, he lo- was in the Matrix at that point. Like, yeah, man, what the it, shit it, just he happened. Glitched. He fucking disappeared. <laughs> it, that that was those were the oh, but those were the only two times I really felt like. And I mean, you when. When Alabama scored, there were you know two different occasions. Um, uh, Forrestal and uh, Devontae Smith were like wide open on two different occasions, just fucking no one nearby. Like those were times where it was like, okay, I knew Bama was going to score, so they didn't seem as you know like as you know indicative of like oh fuck here we go. Right, but it was you know those there were still times Notre Dame had possessions and they they kept the ball and it still felt close enough. Other than that, it just felt like they were the offense didn't do what they had to do most of their job. Like if, if if you were to consider how much of Notre Dame's offensive possessions were productive, I would go less than less than thirty percent. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? That's I, essentially I think that's unbelievably fair. They the offense did not even come close to doing what it needed to do, and yeah. and we all knew it, and we were worried about it, and. You know, Lindsay was barely even a factor in the game. And you got to wonder about, you know, the hammy. Is it still getting hurt right now? Uh, yeah. You know, why can't Jordan Johnson crack in? Uh, and that gets into another thing. Of what, oh, well, you know, Kelly just doesn't want to play him. And I don't buy into that whatsoever because you have to tell me that, okay, we'll put Mayer out there. We'll put Hamilton basically and, and tell Hamilton. The defensive scheme was, Hamilton, you do whatever you want. I mean, they let him free rove and try to wreck as much shit as he possibly could. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's trust in, in him. And, yeah, he's he's a sophomore. But, I mean, Mayer's a true freshman. He's an integral part of the offense. Tyree is a freshman getting reps. When yep. you go all the way back to when Book was put in as a redshirt sophomore and it was it was over somebody that we thought was just fine. And then Phil Dracovic never could crack in and Book was staying in there. You're like, oh, well, this must be a BK thing. And then mm. all of a sudden, you know, Phil goes across the way to BC and you're like, ah, okay. Now, now we see why. So there's, there's something that's there and it's being handled internally whatsoever. And I'm not saying BK's perfect by any means. You can misevaluate. You absolutely can, but I don't think it is a constant thing. I think the best players that both him as well as Tommy Rees Thoughts should be out there that gave them best the best chance to win were out there. And it could be injuries. It could be, man, they're practicing like shit and they're dropping mm-hmm. balls all the time. There's a whole lot we don't know. The thing yeah. we do know is that we were missing what, uh, speedy threats like Lindsay, like Kevin Austin. And and when we talked, if you go back to where we talked preseason uh, uh, and early in the season, hey, man, when we get Austin back and we have Lindsay, you know, out, out to the side, you know, man, that's going to be great having them on the perimeter. That's that's the missing part of this offense. And, well, we never got it. And guess what nope. was still missing from the offense? Hey, so you can do about that uh, b- yeah. beyond, you know, get new personnel and new personnel comes in every year. So so we're going to see Mike Sloan's asking about outlook for QB. I don't know. I mean, we, we got Butler well, coming in who's supposed to be a god. The, the god outlook for QB should absolutely immediately be transfer QB market. That should be the first place they should be looking. You know, It'd be nice. Because Tyler Buckner's coming in, but I mean, it would be just a, a fantastic luxury to give him a year you know, to, to, to learn something, but they need to be in the transfer QB market like yesterday. And I'm sure they are. I, I, be, I believe other podcasts have made pretty clear that uh, Brian Kelly is not sleeping on that, like they, that they're, they're moving with that pretty aggressively because they understand the situation that they're currently in. But like, I, I mean, it's just a matter of it's not just the QB that's going to solve it. I mean, you you could put Trevor Lawrence in there, but if 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 the weapons remain the same, you know, he he'd have to do eighty percent of the work still. Yeah, he would have you know, to be and, winning with his legs, and which right, basically that's Book what I mean. did. Book, Book ran a lot and won right. games with his legs. Yeah, and and, and that's I, not that's not a sustainable attack. Yeah, and, and it's just, other, it, it's, mean, just, just it's just it's just it boils down to Ohio skill State. talent. I mean. Yeah. 
Uh, how does Georgia feel letting that go right now? Oh, <laughs> you shit. Kept, you kept from. <laughs> You kept Jake from in there. And now and, and, and you had what the hell was his name? Uh so and so the fourth playing QB for like the first half of your season this year. Yeah, Wasted and, time. And it took you forever to get J- JT Daniels healthy, and boy, did he yeah, he come sh- on shit himself during his bowl game. But yeah, it, it, the, the bottom line is that it's very clear that in college football, if you look back in the playoffs and the people that have made a difference, you have to have Heisman caliber talent on the offensive side of the ball. So that that's the thing that the Irish are missing right now is that gigantic big playmaker. Mm-hmm. And you have to get, you know, it's a little bit of recruiting. It's a little bit of coaching. And it's also a whole lot of luck uh, of what yeah. happens in here. You know, Buckner, we're all expecting big things from him. But, hey, we've seen five stars. Anybody remember Gunnar Keel? Oh, well, yeah. Jesus. I mean, and it wasn't that he, I mean, he never got a chance for the Irish, but there's reasons for that. He didn't light the world on fire in Cincinnati, and it really sucked that his career basically ended due to injury, but he he mm-hmm. never panned out. And it, it's it's a crapshoot, it, and it really is. And Tyree could be that difference maker, man. He, he might be that weapon for all we know. It could be, you know, Kevin Austin. He, I don't think he's near the caliber of Devonta Smith, but you don't know where it's going to come from. And, and at some point, one of those has to hit. And, mm-hmm. and then you basically have to have like an LSU like season where, you know, you just hit fire and, and you happen to have one of the best, if not the best players in all of college football. And you just go ham for an entire season. That That's basically yeah. what you got to do. And yeah, and that's just barely, that's incredibly rare. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, that's, and, and we'll talk a little bit about the post game press conference. That is it was. I, I kind of love no fucks given BK. I really do. Well, at this uh, point wish, in his career, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and I get where he's coming from. I I really really do uh, get where he's coming from uh, because he's constantly constantly. And he took a lot of scrutiny. I saw like the Rangers beat reporter like, oh god, he's such a pansy. Like can't can't take criticism for his team. That's all the dude hears. Like in, in questions, what's your what's you your talent me? gap with Clemson? You know, what's your talent gap with Alabama gap here, gap there, the the narrative and all this stuff. And, and, and but, at some but point if, it's like, what what the what the fuck's going on? Did anybody like watch the rest of the season? Like, did none of that shit happen? Do you not realize like here's the situation? Let's break this down. We had a three star quarterback that nobody gave the time of day to in recruiting except for Mike Leach. Yeah come in and he was the guy that you were hoping that would lead him to the title under the tutelage of a year one offensive coordinator a, and a defensive coordinator. It's only his third year on the job and all this, and he's got a bunch of, you're hoping he stays there because he's so good because he's getting yeah. head coaching conversations here and there. You have all that happening. You are a known, no wide receiver issue. There's, there's no outside wide receiver threat. People are really wondering what you're going to be able to cobble together on defense that the linebacking question was, was there again this season before anything mm-hmm. happened? Hey, can the, can the cornerbacks, are they going to, you know, match up? You know, you're moving Sean Crawford to safety is Tariq Bracey and Clarence Lewis really going to be the answer of the season for the Irish. You had all that going together and this team made the fucking playoff and knocked off Clemson. Like at some yeah. point, you're going to get pissed off hearing that question over and over, not because you can't take the criticism, because what it does is it completely shits on the season that your guys had. That was him sticking up for his guys. The only thing I wish BK hadn't have done was use local guys because it made it seem, at least in my opinion, that he was talking only about the local beat, which I don't yeah. think he was doing. I think he is talking about local guys as in everybody in orbit around that fucking program sitting here mm-hmm. asking these questions, fans asking these questions of, Oh, when are we going to win the big game when he goes and wins them and then doesn't get fucking credit for it when he does it. So yeah. you can't have it both ways. You can't be asking for him to win the big game, beat the ranked teams. When they come here, you, you haven't beat, you, you always want to put these qualifiers. Well, you didn't do it here. You didn't do it there. Anybody ask these questions of fucking OU? Who keeps getting nope. blown out in the playoffs? No, they're fine. They're good. Anybody want to ask those? You, you think Dabo's going to face that same kind of criticism next year? No. He's a proven commodity not. now. The problem is, is that BK hasn't had the luxury of getting everything to hit altogether. There's been something that hoses him. 
And the thing that hoses him more than anything is that when his teams are really good and he gets them to punch above their weight, he runs into absolute fucking juggernauts every single time. And I'm not just talking about the Alabamas or the Clemsons. I'm talking about, well, you were good enough for a New Year's Six. Now, here's Ohio State, who probably could have made the playoff that year. Have fucking Should've. fun. Like, at that yeah. point, you just got to throw your hands up in the air. It's like, are we cursed? Like, for real. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we get a break here? Can we be like Iowa State and get an Oregon team who slid into the fucking Fiesta Bowl because Without Washington got interest COVID? at all. Like, yeah. What the shit? Like yeah. some of it is just shitty luck. Like we've said it so many times about, you know, what ifs of 2012? What if K-State doesn't shit the bed and Notre Dame gets to walk into the BCS title game against K fucking State? Yeah. Imagine the narrative shift around there, man. Like yeah. that that's the problem right now. And and, and here's the thing and, and we're playing with an elite defense or as an elite defense as you can get in college football. And the the other problem, and you have injuries, everybody deals with injuries, but the the depth for the skill players is just not where it needs to be. You would freak out if Kyron Williams went down because as good as Tyree is, he is not as good as Kyron Williams at this point in his career. And look, last year, nobody thought shit about Kyron Williams. So there's all this, well, he can't coach people up, but he coaches book up and it's Mm -hmm. the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. Well, Kyron Williams wasn't shit last year. And now he's like a no doubt. He's already got a C getting stitched on his jersey right now. They, like, is they, there any they doubt they that guy's Lance the fucking offense? Taylor? And all of a sudden, like one year later, Aaron Williams is killing. <laughs> right? Like what? Maybe question mark? Wow! Like somewhere you know, along I, the line, we we have to start giving him credit that he knows what it's doing, and we all want it, myself included. Yeah. I want to beat Alabama. I want to bury the fucking narrative. I absolutely do, but. There's just only so much you can do in a finite amount of time, right? And, and that's the thing. College, you can't go out and sign free agents in college football, man. You you just can't. We're hoping we can get a transfer, but if we get it, we're, we're probably not going to get a Heisman caliber transfer like Justin Fields to fall into our lap. Maybe right. we get lucky. Maybe we stroll under a lucky star and and something like that happens. And, and even, you know, we I, I took some shots at OU, but take a look at OU. Man, you know, they finally had to go develop a quarterback and Spencer Rattler's and, damn good, man. But man, at the beginning, oh, did he look at a deer in the headlights? Big yep. time. Did he look like shit? And now they're, they're they don't have the advantage of getting to put in a Kyler Murray, you know, right in there or, or getting hurts in there. And you're like, man, you know, what kind of this is great. You know, some of that. Yeah, they're they're good coaches, but these guys are going somewhere where. They couldn't work something out at a a really good school. <laughs> like that's the, the the luck that you have to be able to pull that off is incredible. Yeah. And it's the state of college football right now. And I don't have a problem with that only because I have a realistic view of what it is. Now, if Notre Dame was stagnant and I didn't see improvement from what we were talking about in some of the previous playoff appearances <coughs> and the previous BCS appearance. Yeah, I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to say maybe we need to look at somewhere, but it keeps going in the right direction. And like Brian Kelly said, we're going to be back here and was taking shots to the national. I don't care what the narrative is or the national media. Sorry if you don't like it. We're going to be back here. And he's fucking right. Yeah. Somebody just said in there, looked at 2021 schedule. There was somebody, uh, somebody wrote something. Uh, and God, I wish who it was. And they had somebody at a book take a quick look at it and said there's a better then decent chance Notre Dame ends up favored in every single game preseason. Every single game. They're favored right now to go undefeated and repeat the playoff victory or yep. get into the playoffs. And look, you can only win the big games if you keep getting shots at them. So yeah. if you really want to, and and uh, uh, Palika, the bear, bear fact for you, he listed the top four winningest teams in this era right now, in the college football playoff era. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You're right there. You're right yep. there. Now it's just time. You're sitting up there against the glass ceiling. You're looking for somebody to help you break it right now. It's the most yeah. frustrating part because it's it, it's frustrating to not be right at it because it's, it's more frustrating to try to pierce that glass ceiling because when you're so far below, it's really easy. Hey, we're not even close to being up there. Fucking kill it. Can, can everybody. Let's, let's reset everything and then go to work. When you're right there. It's God, we 
how do we get there? What, what's the what's the last thing that we can do to figure out how to how to how to get past that? Is the most frustrating thing in the world. I completely get it. But right now, it's Nick Saban's world, and everybody else is just living in it right now, y'all. It, it's really not that difficult. It boils down to get the best QB in the class each year, and that guy doesn't go to Notre Dame. He just he just doesn't right now when he's got Ohio State, Clemson. And Bama to pick from. That's the one missing magic fucking ingredient. Okay. You, we saw it, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Uyunglele was great against Notre Dame, but you could tell that he was still too raw, right? Even though he was dripping with fucking talent, he was just still too raw. You know, he just didn't have the same edge, you know, in that game that a Trevor Lawrence would have had as a freshman in that moment. You know, like it's and, just and he didn't have Lawrence's running ability either. He, that was a dimension. He didn't have the ability to escape either. It's just like when you have a a, a dimension changing quarterback, it just completely opens a, 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 a an unstoppable aspect to your offense. It's really that simple. If so long as everyone else is competent in their execution, he will do most of the work. And the fact of the matter is Notre Dame just has not had that guy. No matter what recruiting class has said, what the fuck, that guy has not quite walked through the door. Like, I mean, in, in terms of raw, like just oozing talent, I mean, since Brady Quinn. And that was really just a different era of the sport. Now, Brady Quinn would not be viewed as successful. And oh, he God, probably no. would not be as he, successful. He would get it's eaten just, alive in this era because you have to be some kind of mobile. And he was a fucking statue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just those guys are going to those three programs right now. The day that 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 guy walks into Notre Dame, like if, with that in, as his goal in mind from the day he's a fucking, you know, seventh grader or whatever the fuck, until that happens, you know, we're, we're not going to see... We're not going to see it unless we're going to either bust our asses to get through it with somebody just below that level or luck into it. I mean, it's just a matter of it's just one of those things where that fourth position is just it's not guaranteed until you have a known commodity like a world changing quarterback on your team. Right. We just got called out for the Claus and disrespect unintentional. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I mean, dude. He was like, accurate as hell, but he, there there was a lot of problems with those Clawson teams. <laughs> I'm just saying, like the, it, it it's 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 not even uh, uh about like the the I guess the passing yards or the, the 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 statistical representation. I mean, like even him as a personality, like he just did not have that team focused killer instinct. It was he was very much a like team number one. Team Jimmy, like, you know, like it just it was just a different era of the sport. And it did it would not have yielded. He he would have been more akin to a modern, you know, uh, just I, I, I don't know. Think of your insert unlikable, relatively unlikable personality quarterback here. Like he wouldn't come across as this incredible raw talent. He would kind of come across as a prick, if we're honest. It's just it. It, it it's not it's not as simple as what you put up just because the the numbers say it. Like at the end of the day, you're it's a team sport, and if your team around you can't execute to make up for your mistakes, you're not going to achieve at any higher level than all you can put on the field. That's it, right? And and, and that's where we're at right now. And it's it, it sucks. Like I'm I'm still not happy about the game yesterday. I was I was really bummed. Uh, my, my dad doesn't get a chance to sit down. And he's been busy as hell uh, this year. He doesn't get a chance to to watch too many Notre Dame games. But man, he was all in on it. He he really wanted it. I mean, he's got me going to Notre Dame. He's got a daughter that went to Auburn. You know, he he wants <laughs> Bama to lose. I, that, sure. That's in his blood now. Um, I mean, we're all bummed and disappointed. Uh, and, and I don't think anybody's like saying, oh, don't worry. It's all going to be OK. It's more, you know. We believe right now we're going in the right as best we can be going in a positive direction forward to where hopefully things can end up working out the next time we have a shot. Maybe we get a little bit of a better draw. Turns out if maybe we got another shot at Clemson again, that might have been the best thing for everybody. Hey, maybe we if we don't shit the bed against Clemson, we end up sitting at that number two rank and draw Ohio mm -hmm. State. Who knows what happens in that game? But tell you what, damn, they they looked real good, and they looked like yeah. they had a chip on their shoulder like crazy, and hell, yeah. we've said, you know, Eddie and I were telling them, was like, what win impresses you? Well, they got one now. So Yeah, I, you know, 
Don't ever. I mean, they, they fucked up so bad with pissing off uh, Ohio State. <laughs> they I mean, really did. I think Dabo, they gave him so much I mean, he double dipped. Not only did he rank them 11th and publicly state, I think they're number 11. He then turned around and they're like, "Oh, it's going to be a quick study. They just got ga- six games." Like, oh, buddy, ooh, yeah. buddy, ooh. That's not how you double. Down. It's not a good time to double down, man. Yeah. Uh, just but hate yeah, to see it. Just I mean, hate to see it's, it. It's it's just. It's just it is it is as simple as there's just a gap there. It, it, it's it you know when that incredible recruit that you know is a consensus number one because it's fucking obvious to everyone <laughs> chooses one of those three teams. It just makes you say like, okay, guess they're gonna have a, ch- a title or two in the next four years. Like it's it it's not hard to predict. We like to think it's like the sport is so uh, it's random. It could be anybody, man. You never know any given Saturday. But it's like, yeah, that that mostly happens amongst the middle of the pack where, you know, disparities observed but not real. But at the top of the fucking mountain, I mean, those teams are are NFL caliber. At the end of the day, you know they're going to they're going to beat who they're supposed to beat, and right. a couple times something goes awry, like your starting quarterback doesn't play and Notre Dame comes around and beats you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you understand? Like, I, I think we all are, are realistic. Wouldn't have taken advantage of that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think we're also real. Like, we're we're hopeful. We are reasonably hopeful for, with with evidence to support our hopefulness. But I think we're also all cognizant of that element. That like, yeah, we won because we had the odds a little stacked in our favor at this time. But that means we're close. That means we're close enough to be that statistical anomaly where the middle of the pack has it all the time happen we could actually do it at the top of the mountain because we're that close so now it needs to be we need to you need to evolve from that anomaly area to a known commodity that's really what's missing and and a, a world changing quarterback is has been for the past decade plus the formula for it you yeah. know that's it, it- and even when you go back in this case, it was the wide receiver because Notre Dame, you know, they almost employed to near perfection the SC game plan. Don't get beat by the deep bomb. Let him go underneath. The problem was, is that when they got Devonta Smith underneath, he just went and, and torched people. And, yeah. and there was so much speed. And you could tell um, it, it was funny. O'Malley actually called me out for it because I'm like, God, we're just taking the shittiest angles there. And he's like, yeah, angles. And it was just the reason he said that is because they're too damn fast. Like, mm-hmm. that's why it, unless you start assuming he's going to burn you by 20 yards, which nobody naturally assumes. So I get where he's coming from with that comment. And I, I did laugh at it. That was yeah. a pretty good jab at me. Um, mm-hmm. But. I mean, even Kyle Hamilton, our Lord and Savior stud, like is, oh, shit, I got to go the other way now because yep. he did it. Crawford did it multiple times. Lawrence had an uh, uh, not Lawrence. Lewis had an issue with it. Um, and once you make the mistake, they're gone. Once you, you don't even if you don't understand that you're going to get beat, you're toast. And yeah. that was that was the difference maker. I mean, for they took Mac Jones out of that game. As far as, you know, making the the just big, gorgeous, pretty passes. I mean, he yeah. was just, hey, you're we're going to have to do swing routes and you're going to have to create something. And they did. And, yeah, that and that's what difference. it came down to. And it's disappointing. And, and hopefully we get to see something else. And there's going to be. Yeah, we're going to find out a lot of things in a couple of weeks about who's coming back in here. We're going to we need a new defensive coordinator now as Clark Lee. And I'll tell you what, it was funny watching uh, Vanderbilt's SB Nation blog get giddy that their new head coach was holding Alabama <laughs> to their lowest season total all game long. Yeah. It was and, like, ah, someone finally knows the feeling and yeah, joy. Like, exactly. We were really mad at all of you. Oh, it's going to be funny when the Aggies give up more points to North Carolina than uh, we did to Alabama, but oh, well, Oh boy. Yeah, right now, just, just so you know, the, the orange bowl is now tied, uh, 27, 27. Uh, uh, this is, this is pretty great. I'm enjoying it. Wow. Um, wow. but I mean, look at the end of the day, Notre Dame belonged in that playoff. And I think right now the orange bowl is, is bearing that out. If anything, I think it would have been a year to where you, they should have had some balls on the committee and tossed in Cincinnati or somebody along those lines just to see. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. have been mad at that whatsoever. In fact, we probably would be talking about a new year's six victory right now. Had they done that, but it is what it is. Shit. If we had gotten Texas A&M and Notre Dame, Oh, that would have been fun. Oh my god, you would have been swimming in fucking happiness. Oh yeah, it would have been great. I've been shit talking my friends so much. It'd be great. 
but yeah, um, like I'm, I'm, I just feel like I, you would be if you don't if you don't feel good about where this team is, and and if you don't constantly, I mean, constantly remind yourself all the shit you saw that happened this season, all the good shit. Aside from the people who are guaranteed to leave to the NFL, it was all for free. It was all fucking for free, guys. Like, it was free football for a year. All those people get to come back and start over as if they had never shown up on campus. Okay? And all that that does mean that the talent across the country is going to be fucking outrageous four years from now. It's outrageous. It's going to be an insane, I wouldn't even say four, I would say for the next five to six years, we are going yeah. to see this this one season reverberate. For it's going to feel amazing, reasons, not for bad ones. And yeah. We're going to see it for good reasons. But just um, keep reminding yourself that, like all of this, like you know, we we get to we have reason to expect this again, and we don't have to worry about being in a fucking conference next time. Okay, so you know, everyone can eat shit about their conference talk because at the end of the day, everyone for everyone amongst us forever until the end can say we made the conference title game. The one year we bothered to fucking volunteer to, to be a part of it. So please <laughs> and, and excuse helps, me, help build the ACC out of a bad situation and really yeah. give everybody else courage. And look, we put two, I know, two I know two we were both teams. very, very concerned about it. I, you know, I, I still have concerns about potential long-term things that we just don't know about yet for these guys. Uh, mm. And not just on the physical side, but the, I, I want to take the time for the, the mental toll that yeah. these, that these guys had to end up taking to be able to play this game. Um, they didn't get to go home to see their families on Christmas. They had to stay and not see their families on Thanksgiving. They didn't get to be regular college students. No. Uh, and really nobody got to be regular college students for that, that matter. Um, so, I mean, it, there's, I can only imagine what the feeling was like in the locker room to know that they sacrificed that much and that they came up short. And, and I, it had to been just this awful gut wrenching feeling. And I think that had a lot to do with why BK flew off the handle like he did. Yeah. It, it was, you know, somebody give credit to what my team did for Christ's sake. The only, yeah, the, the only sin they did was lose to two teams and they're both in the college football playoff. Like, holy shit. And they beat one of them at yeah, one beat point. One of them still like, like what, what, what else, what else do you want them to do? And, and I, I get more? that. That was at least in my mind, that was BK sticking up for his team. Um, yeah. You know, we all it. wanted the conference championship uh, just for hilarity's sake. Um, but, you know, a huge hat tip to those players. They they went through not only all that, they went through an actual COVID outbreak and they yeah. had to do crazy ass stuff like change the way that they eat their team meals. I, 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 I can only imagine what the day to day struggle was like for them, because I know what it's like for me. Just, you know, being, you know, cabin fever in my house and basically <laughs> only seeing my family and my kids and not really being out in the greater world, um, not even thinking twice about not going to that game. And it was because of COVID. I would have happily shown up to a blowout because it's another yeah. game in my backyard. And, and man, when I'm out there and I'm seeing like all these shots of people just like wearing masks around their neck, like, yeah, I made the right decision. Yeah, definitely glad I didn't go to that shit. Yep. Yeah. Um. You know, kudos to them. They they deserve to be proud of this season. I, I just wish, you know, for their sakes that uh, they would have been able to really bag that victory. But like you said, Shane, it was free football. And I think a lot of yeah, them would, would love and relish the opportunity to have a chance to come back, hopefully be able to come back as regular college students and, and get to prove something else. I, I think there's going to be a lot of people you know, that, that are going to feel like that, that are like a bubble NFL player or no hopes of the NFL, but they're definitely going to be in the starting roster. Um, yeah. And Andy guy, yeah, I am going to find a lot of post-game players. I'm, I'm going to watch all that stuff because uh, I'm sure the guys had a, a lot of good emotion and, and, and heartfelt stuff yeah. there that I want to see. So I, I want to take the time to tip my cap to the guys, you know, rainbows and unicorns, whatever. Uh, those guys fucking deserved it. You you pulled off an undefeated regular season in these conditions. Like, ho- holy shit. I cannot believe yeah. you did that. Yeah. Here's, yeah they did here's it, the and thing. They did it. There's only three teams that did it. An undefeated yeah. regular season. Notre Dame, Ohio State, who only had to play five fucking games, and Alabama. That's it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so, as far as Power you know, Five, I, I don't want to dismiss the uh, the group of five because y'all, y'all, there were some awesome seasons there too. But damn, this season, like from a human level, this season sucked, and we yeah, still got to yeah. enjoy football. Yeah, if you if you walk away thinking for any reason that like Clemson's still superior or or had a had a superior season to Notre Dame, just I mean they split the series. Both teams had two losses, and Notre Dame didn't get their asses waxed in the last one. So just just remember, like, yeah, we may have ended with two straight, but and Clemson may have got the most recent one over ND, but ND, ND still got the first one when they were number one when it fucking counted. Okay. They got their regular season regular and victory, and they had the exact same finish, only they did a better job, okay, losing, essentially. So just just understand that like it's not that far off. Okay, this team is still is still going to be really really talented tomorrow, or sorry next year. And uh, you know at this point, you know all you can do is is just appreciate the fact that redshirt freshman Kyron Williams next year is still going to be redshirt freshman Kyron Williams next year. That's awesome. I, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. Uh, and we can still have true freshman technically Chris Tyree. Yeah. Oh, North Carolina. Oh no, you fucked up. Oh, man. Well, folks, uh, yeah, it it was a little rough. Um, You know, like we said, the loss is a loss. I still feel good about the program as a whole. Uh, I definitely felt more in the pits uh, this time in in 2013. Just wondering. I I really, truly wondered if Notre Dame would ever get back. I don't have those concerns right now. I really think. And even if you had asked me back in the Clemson game, uh, you know, same situation playoffs like, damn, are we going to be able to get back? Um, no, we're going to be able to get back. And I don't think it's going to be like the once every four years type of thing. I think this could be a semi-regular occurrence. Yeah. Uh, and the regular occurrence is we're going to be in that New Year's Six conversation just about every year. Uh, it was brought up by Andy Gal in our chat earlier. Number nine recruiting team in the nation coming in. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that happens in Notre Dame very often. So if we get the bigger talent coming in, and we're still able to squeeze something out of that rock like you've been doing with Ian Book, Wu, and some of these other three stars that just all of a sudden start rising to the top, then holy shit, we are in for some very, very fun football later on. For well, sure. Shane, you got anything else, my friend? Nah, man. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. All right. Well, we are going to opt out of a national title sim. Uh, traditionally, yeah. I might have it running in the background uh, with regular game play-by-play commentary i'm not sure um but we will be back for sure uh to put a bow on the season after the title game is over uh we'll keep you all updated on that uh but thank you all everybody that came and joined us over on twitch.tv slash little sons very very lively chat a hell of a lot of fun but make sure you also subscribe to the podcast and review over on apple podcast spotify stitcher and wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at, make sure to come hang out with us in Discord. That off season's long and lonely. HerLittleSons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us at HerLittleSons.com. Thanks again, everybody. And as always, go Irish, beat COVID. Have a good one. Yeah.